Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable women and mothers from the Arab world and beyond to inspire, engage, and drive growth. With this new episode of Unlimited Women's Brands, we continue to explore the world of female entrepreneurship, and today we enter into a world of luxury, fashion, and beauty, Rosmin's world. Rosmin, as long becomes synonymous with luxury, entrepreneur, celebrity influencer, presenter, and media personality, Rosmin's journey in the world of fashion started after graduating from the London College of Fashion, where she had the good fortune to join Maestro Tom Ford as his assistant. This gave her the opportunity to learn from the best before making her way steadily up the corporate ladder, working with brands like Gucci, Burberry, Sotheby's, and then become European peer director of Juicy Couture. After moving to Dubai in 2007, Rosmin founded Aramco, Bespoke Luxury Management, which was the first PR showroom in the region with an exclusive focus on the luxury sector for fashion, beauty, skincare, and jewelry. Her knowledge of the industry from both an international and regional point of view, blended with her natural affinity to luxury, brought her to become an authority in all things fashion and beauty, an award-winning media personality and a sought-after host, speaker and TV presenter, starting from her fashion segment Fashion Thursdays on Dubai One TV to the hugely popular weekly beauty series Badar Beauty in collaboration with Harper's Bazaar Arabia and her most recent weekly show Style Council for GQ Middle East. From the world of luxury to unlimited, it's a real honor to welcome Rosmin. Hi, Rosmin, and welcome to Unlimited. Dior Iftar in the desert yesterday night and podcast interview on Unlimited this morning. What a combo. Yeah, it's very glamorous. <laughs> very glamorous indeed. And jokes aside, I couldn't be happier to have you, Rosmin, as our guest speaker on Unlimited platform. So, Rosmin's word. As per your social media page, it depicts an enchanted world of luxury, fashion and beauty. But uh, from the text messages that I receive from you until 2 a.m. in the morning, I can see the dedication, the passion, but also the hard work that goes behind it. So how did you build this fascinating world? Well, first of all, let me start off by saying thank you for having me. You are so sweet. And um, thank you for reaching out. And I love um, supporting female platforms because I think everyone's journey is just it's full of lessons, failures, and I think everyone always learns from each other. So um, I'm always happy to not only share my story, but always listen to other women's stories as well, because I think there's this kind of always a common thread of women truly multitasking, you know, and, and we started our conversation, you were telling about your kids and homeschooling and and, you know, fitting in the podcast and, um, you know, and the reality of my life was, you know, my meeting got rescheduled with a client. And so, I think women have this really innate um, ability to really adapt and they're so resilient and they adapt so quickly and they just understand each other. Just like I messaged you in the morning. I was like, my meeting just got shifted and you're like, cool, don't worry. And like, and it was just actually really nice because I was so worried about obviously affecting your time and I want to be respectful for your time. But um, the fact that you completely understood where I was coming from, that I really had no control over this client. And so I just think it's always nice to um, to just be surrounded by positive and supportive women. So let me start off with that. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, 
asking asking about Rosamond's world, you know, honestly, I was one of the last, I, I will say one of the last people I feel in my circuit to join Instagram. I was kind of, kind of late in the game because um, to be honest, I was more of a private person um, in the sense of where I was going, the activations and events I was doing or hosting. Uh, we started or I started, I founded a company called R and Co Bespoke Luxury Management around uh, just over 14 years ago here in Dubai. And it happened very organic. And it happened very organically. Um, it wasn't something that I had planned, to be honest. Uh, my background uh, is, I, you know, I went to fashion school in London. I was working with Tom Ford and Gucci for about five years. Um, you know, my career really started from there. And I was with organizations like uh, Juicy Couture and Burberry and Sotheby's. And so I was always around this kind of space of of luxury. And even with Juicy Couture, when I got headhunted for that position, it was actually such an exciting time. And everyone was like, what are you doing? It's not luxury. But, you know, my direct boss was the creative directors and the CEO. So I'd always been in positions where I was really just my my first point of contact was, you know, the highest in the corporate rank. And so for me, it was all about learning, to be honest. Like I loved learning from them. I love learning, you know, the commercial side from them. Um, obviously working with Mr. Ford, um, I learned more from him than I did in university. And, and I was headhunted by second year of university. So the minute I handed in my dissertation in my third year, um, I was working for him. And and I just think it's really important um, to surround yourself with people that are truly your mentors and that you're going to learn from. So I was very lucky at every position I've ever done in my career of over, I think, 22 years now, um, I've always had these incredible people to learn from. So that's kind of my starting point. And when I did come to Dubai, um, I was here for three weeks and I remember staying at the Park Hyatt and it was my little sanctuary, you know, relaxing. And um, during that three week span, I got so many calls of ex-colleagues. Um, that I'd worked with at Gucci Group and that had now gone to different roles like Jimmy Choo and other brands. And they were asking me about the region. And there was kind of this mystery about the region because, you know, all of a sudden it was starting to get a little bit of attention. All of a sudden it was this exciting place to be. Uh, but no one was really traveling here. You know, it wasn't easy to travel. There was still kind of a dirt road on Sheikh Zayed. Um, you know, the malls weren't built, you know, the Dubai Mall and Mall of Emirates weren't built yet. And so, Uh, what I started doing for them, they were just asking me questions. They were like, you know, can you go into Jimmy Choo and, uh, you know, just ask them, do they know what a uh, Ramona bag is? Do they know how to describe the material? Um, Do they know who the designer is? Like if you say Tamara Mellon, do they, do they literally click and be like, oh, that's a creative director. And the idea was, and what I believe is that, you know, a luxury brand is a global brand. And if you're a luxury consumer, you want exceptional service, whatever country you shop in. So there has to be some level of consistency. And then in every region, it's tweaked a little bit for that, that particular region, you know, so it might be, uh, you know, a little extra service, um, especially in in this part of the world. Um, There might be a few more exclusives because we like to dress up here. But the idea was, are you getting the same feeling of luxury when you're spending that amount of money? Are you walking out feeling really excited to walk out with that bag, you know? I started doing that. And honestly, just because they were my ex-colleagues, there was nothing else about it. You know, it was very much like, can you do me a favor? And I was like, yeah, yeah of course. And I'd go to Emirates Towers and, and you know, all the luxury stores are there. And, and that's kind of how it started. And then one day uh, I get a call from the uh, VP of Tiffany's in 
in New York and they were like, Hey, you know, we heard you have this company and it's, um, you know, we're opening our first flagship store in Dubai mall and it's right at the main entrance. And, you know, we want you to handle not only the PR, um, you know, get the staff ready for the big event, um, handle the PR, organize a consumer event. We have the CEO coming, we have the famous yellow diamond coming, we have the Jamalers and they gave me this long list. And they're like, and this is how much you're paying you. And I was like, oh my God. And it kind of was this moment where they were like, we trust you with our brand and we know you're going to execute this and, you know, tell us how you're going to do it. And I literally took a step back and I, you know, had to like pause and they were like, what's the name of your company? And I was like, it's R, you know, and I, I was like, oh my God, RR and Co. Cause I was like, okay, let me just use like my, my initials. Then I really said it was like bespoke luxury management because at a time 15, 20 years ago, all the big luxury brands or any brand, whether it was a hotel opening or whatever, everything was so grand. But for me, I came from the school of Tom Ford, essentially, and everything with that is all about brand management. So really knowing every single person that's walking through your door, um, giving every single person an exceptional experience. And so I did the first breakfast at Tiffany's with 30 women and we did a charity event and we created this incredible um, site, which was like literally the outside of Fifth Avenue. And I mean, you entered, the idea was Fifth Avenue and then you unveil the actual Dubai mall store. So it was like New York to Dubai. And I had an amazing creative director actually working with me who was doing all my, my design work. And um, she was from LA and I started building a team. So really overnight, you kind of get these moments, these aha moments where you're like, one, as this business happened organically, um, someone trusts you with their brand as beautiful and luxurious as Tiffany's. And we really made our mark in the region because people were just shocked they, when they started hearing there was an event for Tiffany's and only 30 women were invited or only, you know, 20 people were with the American ambassador and the CEO of Tiffany's for dinner. Like it was like the talk of the town because they're so used to these parties of like 500 people or a thousand people. And so um, what we did was really just curate this ultimate experience for these customers and consumers that were shopping at these luxury brands. And the minute we executed that, honestly, overnight, all the brands started coming through. So we were doing events for Chanel. We were doing Burberry. We had uh, the first PR showroom. Um, so not like it was a new thing, uh, in Europe because, you know, we have samples and showrooms in, in New York and London and LA, but in this part of the region, no one had ever seen what sampling was. So when you go to a photo shoot, you actually borrow samples. You don't take store stock, you know? And, um, so we were doing everything. Burberry, Chanel was our clients, Givenchy, Tom Ford, Christian Louboutin, for example. Um, it was really a luxury hub and we were working with Graf. I mean, every luxury brand you could think of, Louis Vuitton, it was just an amazing time. And I started building an incredible team around me. And that's really how RR&Co um, kicked off. And, and actually, Roseman's World, the Instagram happened so late in the game because everything we were doing was so private. So I didn't want to share, as you can imagine, like, people would get so mad the next day that they weren't invited to this dinner with Tom Ford or they weren't invited to a dinner with Alice Temperley or whoever it was, you know? And so I was like, I can't post, you know, cause in Instagram, when you first started, everything was so instant. Remember? Like it was like, people were taking pictures of the food they were eating. And, and I was like, I, I was like, no, 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 this is not, I don't want people to enter this, this space. I want, if someone's coming to my event, I don't want them to have their phone out. I want them to enjoy their moment with the designer. I want them to enjoy the moment with, 
um, you know, that circle of friends or really enjoy that experience. So For and that's why honestly my my even my name like Rosemond's World wasn't that creative because I was leaving to Paris and one of my clients was like, okay, you're coming for the you know Paris Fashion Week. You need to have Instagram and I literally opened it like on the plane. You went from working with the major fashion giants to becoming their muse of inspiration and an icon yourself. I'm thinking of Christian Laboutin dedicating you the Rosemond shoe, Amanda Navai dedicating you the Rosemond bag. How does it feel? Um, so I get really honored when brands take inspiration from me. I think it's really, it's so nice. Um, I think I've been very consistent with my style. Um, so I, I tend to be more on the modest conservative side, but still fashionable. Like, I mean, I'll wear sleeveless, but you'll never see me with anything, you know, super low cut or backless and stuff. So I feel like my style's kind of been um, very feminine with a twist of trend. And that's kind of, I describe my style. So I think for a designer um, in that respect, they've always looked at me and if I've worked with them, like I've worked with Christian for so many years and he was actually a personal friend and, and still is a personal friend, but also building his brand here was such an honor across the Middle East. Um, yeah, I think it's nice. I mean, even when he designed that shoe, I wear, that was the first shoe I bought in pretty much every color. It was called the Non Privé. So the front of the shoe is the Non Privé and the back of it is an acrylic, very modern version. And that's how he used to describe me. He's like, she wears the same shoe all the time. Like, why can't you wear anything else? And I just, I, you know, I could run in that Non Privé heel. So for him to design something that was really um, acrylic and quite cool and modern, I think was, was really flattering. And how do you deal with fame and being always under the spotlight and in front of the camera? No, when it comes to fame, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm famous, but I, I think when you are given um, a voice, mm-hmm. which um, I've been very honored to have, and uh, I will say that I, I try and use it for the things that I'm truly passionate about. And so for me, it is women in small business because I started my business out of my, my dining room table. And so I know how it is to have those small achievements where you're building your team, you're starting in your living, you know, your living room or your dining room. And then you go to like the next small office and the office gets bigger and bigger until for me, you know, we, our last office, our showroom was facing Burj Khalifa. We were right next to Hermes, you know, where all the corporate offices were. And that was my dream. And we, we worked for that to get that, that particular office. And so, um, yeah, I want to support women in business. I, I really make an effort when I'm buying even gifts, for example, or Ramadan gifts or Eid gifts to really find um, something quite cool or, you know, a small business owner to really support them and give them exposure. And the other passion I have is, is um, you know, for breast cancer awareness because my mom had it. And so I've, I've seen what uh, what it does if you can, you know, find those symptoms early enough and, and really take control of your health. So I think the best thing about having a little bit of a voice that's public is to really use it for good. Um, and that's, and I always try and do that. And that's precisely something that I wanted to discuss with you, because when it comes to values, the world of luxury, fashion and beauty are at times accused to be, allow me, vain. While they're often instead the channel to embrace and promote certain important causes and is beautiful, what you're doing in this perspective uh, towards uh, social responsibility with your CSR work uh, towards breast cancer care awareness, uh, as you just said, and much more. Um, when it comes to charities, you know, 
I sit on the board for Abu Dhabi Dream Ball and I get to MC that event every year. And, um, you know, you see the difference that it might be a glamorous night where everyone dresses up, but it's amazing how generous the people are every time they come to that gala and the difference it makes to so many children across the Middle East. So um, I think, yeah, if it's a if it's a pathway to to achieve something in the end, I think it's great. And most luxury brands now, or the brands that I work with, all have a CSR initiative. You know, they all, like Louis Vuitton works with UNICEF very closely. I mean, Ralph Lauren, I, I honestly love that brand so much. Um, I've been working with them for a good 20 years. And, you know, they're one of the largest, uh, Estee Lauder actually companies, and um, Ralph Lauren are the, one of the largest corporate sponsors globally for breast cancer awareness. So for me, like, I, I love those brands because they speak to me. They, you know, I, I feel like I connect with them, um, not only like aesthetically when it comes to fashion and all of that, but really what they stand for as well. So um, those are two of my favorite brands for sure. And while you managed to create this uh, close affinity with some of the most extraordinary brands in the world, I'm sure that you must be receiving on a daily basis uh, new proposals from new brands and new products and new designs. So how do you carve your personal, very own style and how do you remain true to yourself? So for me, I've always, and I always say this to a lot of people, and I think it comes down to um, essentially personal branding. When you're authentic and you are speaking the truth, that is the best thing. Even just as a person, you don't have to be famous or not famous, but really just know what who you are about. Right. And so for me, that's what I want. Like, even if I'm working with a designer or I'm, you know, covering some red carpet, I'm, I've never changed who I am. Like I, everyone gets the same brief email, you know, this is the style I wear, nothing too short, not back with that. Like I haven't changed that. So all the designers that work with me are like, okay, Rosemary, we've made this for, you know, see if you like these looks when you're filming or, you know, and, and I think that's the best part about the relationship as well. Um, you know, also when I'm reviewing products as well, like people will send me, you know, for example, like I, it might be a big brand and they're like, you know, can we collaborate? Can you review our, for example, foundation? And then they're sending me colors that are like zero, zero, one out of 30. And chances are, I'm probably between seven and 10, you know, like, so, uh, you know, I don't even keep them. I send a thank you note and I'll send it back to them. And I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, I know this product has cost you money please just tell me I'm happy to come to your office and choose a color that works for me and give a proper, um, honest review. Um, but you sending me like the palest shade is not, you know, I I'm very, I've always been like that, you know, and I always send a thank you note. So like, I'm, I, I try and be really polite about it. But what I've seen is that when the PR companies get it back, it's kind of an aha moment for them as well. And they're like, Oh my God, you're right. Rosemary. Let's just let, let us find out what your colors are. And then let's build a partnership. So a lot of the beauty brands I work with are brands that I've been with, working with for so long because they truly want to make a difference. They want it. They want you to review their product. They trust the review you're giving to your followers and stuff. So um, for me, again, it just comes down to being very honest and authentic. And I, I feel like I've never, I've never changed that. And and as you mentioned, all the brands and products and designs that you get to review, what makes a product stand out to you in your perspective and makes it unique? So when it comes to fashion, to me, it's about um, craftsmanship and cut, you know, and I think um, especially now I'm in my 40s, 
I know what looks good on my body and I want, yeah, (laughs) 41 and, um, turn 41. Yeah. Last month. And you know, when I look at, at collections or I'm reviewing, um, designer collections to me, it's really about the cut and how it, it falls on a woman's body. And, you know, and if a designer is very clever with their cut, they'll always flatter the, the female figure. And so whether it's kind of hiding anything in the, in this, you know, areas that might need a little bit of hiding. Um, but it all comes down to cut and fabric. So I think that's really important. And, th- and that's what I look for. I want something that makes me feel good um, and enhances. When I walk out of the room, I want to feel great. Not that the dress should own me, but it should really just kind of fill my whole kind of persona. And when I'm looking for, um, when I'm doing beauty reviews and skincare reviews, it's really about products that work, you know? So, um, products that have the right ingredients that are going to make a difference. Um, and for me, you know, I have a lot of, uh, darker, like, because I I'm Indian by heritage. And so for me, I want products that are really going to take care of, of darker skin tones. So, you know, there's so many common traits with darker skin tones, whether it's dark circles or pigmentation. And so I'm really looking for products that are really going to make a difference and, you know, make females or women feel good essentially. Um, so when it comes to foundations or, or, you know, color cosmetics to really have a really good texture melts into the skin, almost give that airbrushed feel. It doesn't have to be heavy makeup, but just really like, to me, it's texture and quality. Between leading luxury houses and premium yet emerging local brands, because as you said, you work and support both, do you see any link and influence between the two? Is it always from the premium luxury houses to the local brands or can it be also vice versa? I think there's a vice versa and you'll see, you know, as luxury brands um, do big activations in the region, you always see them connecting you know, this week, there's the Gucci Sahur happening um, in the evening. And they, you know, they used an old mudgeless, um that was belonged to one of the sheikhs in the middle of Jumeirah. It was so beautiful. And they, you know, decorated it, obviously Gucci-fied it, but so stunning. And so they used this historical mudgeless, stunning. And then, you know, they had an Emirati sand artist doing live sand works. And I think that is so nice because you still have the authentic Italian side of, of the brand Gucci and then coming to the region, they really balanced it perfectly. And I think you, you find that everywhere. One of my favorite examples, cause he's a really good friend of mine is the artist LC. Um, he did one of the uh, silk scars for Louis Vuitton. And when I was at the Louis Vuitton exhibition in LA last year, actually, um, it was just amazing to see it at an exhibition in LA, like Elsie's Arabic calligraphy, huge scarf framed. And I was just so proud of him because I just thought it was such an incredible accomplishment and a great um, tie for both um, an artist in this street, a Tunisian artist, and of course, a global brand like Vuitton. And with such an incredible knowledge of the industry, both from a local perspective and a global perspective, did you ever think of launching a brand of your own? And if you would, in which sector would it be? Jewelry, fashion, skincare, beauty? Yeah, I've been, uh, I think for the past five years, I've been tossing ideas around, um, whether it's been in skincare and beauty. And I looked at a business plan with a partner for um, a shoe brand approached me. You know, I just feel like when it's the right um, 
when it's the right like company or the right collaboration, when it comes, I'll just, I'll trust my gut, you know? Yeah. And I think the past few things that I've seen come my way, um, it's been so nice that brands want to collaborate, but to launch my own brand, I, I want to make sure it's really the right one. And I feel like I really want to just trust my instinct with it. Wonderful. Wonderful. We can wait for that to happen. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I hope so. Thank you. Wonderful. I can wait for it to launch and uh, there will definitely be another podcast interview, right? You have to promise me for Unlimited Women's Brands, of course. But until then, tell me, who's uh, the Rosemin when the camera is off? So after work, when their events are over, when there are no more clients to take care of? Oh, I love, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, when I'm, I love being at home. I really, honestly, it's my, I love curling up on the couch. I love um, whether it's reading a book or just kind of watching Netflix. Like I need to just always shut off for a little bit um, and disconnect. And, uh, but I, I love being at home. When you see me at home, I'm, I'm in, you know, just loungewear, just super comfortable. You know, my hair is in a ponytail, like I love that. You might see me with like a face mask on, like, but I love, honestly, for me, being at home is, um, is just my favorite time to really just disconnect. And I have a super cute cat and he makes me happy. And, like... and now let me take you from the comfort of your cozy home to Unlimited for our final and what I call paramount question. What does Unlimited mean to, to you? To me, Unlimited is no boundaries. And, you know, I always say that you should set goals, but when you reach the goal, know that you have to keep that goal post moving. Don't stop. And it's one of the lessons I learned. And I, I was telling you this is that, you know, when you reach your goal, celebrate it, celebrate it big, whatever it is. If you want to reward yourself by buying a pair of shoes or a lipstick or a dress, like reward yourself and acknowledge that moment. But know that the goalpost has moved to something higher and better. So always keep pushing yourself. And um, I always believe that, you know, there's no rush for anything. And I think a lot of times we're always comparing ourselves to other people, you know, whether the person has a higher position in their corporate ladder or more money or, you know, a better house. Like you can compare all day long, right? But you really have to separate yourself from that and just think about you and know that if you're going in the right direction, whether it's baby steps or leaps, that's the most important thing. Just know where you want to go and slowly work at it. You know, one of, um, and again, because I spoke at parliament last year, it was a time I literally had to reflect of my 20 something years career. And I was writing everything I've done. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's crazy. And it was crazy because everything I've done in the past, which I was just doing it out of, you know, just doing it because you have to, or, you know, like an opportunity comes and you're working and then, you know, traveling and everything just happens when you stop for a minute and you acknowledge all your experiences and um, incredible experiences, you start to realize that everything is a lesson and it's preparing you to where you are today. So when I moved to Dubai and this company had just started and you can imagine by like six months in this company had just mushroomed overnight. Like we were covered in all the American magazines, you know, all the, every newspaper was covering our company because we just, we were changing the way fashion and PR was done in the region. And, you know, I was on this great high and I get this call from 
uh, Dubai One, the TV channel here. And one of the producers called and she's like, Rosman, you know, we no one has your experience when it comes to working with designers, working in Europe. Um, we'd like to give you 15 minutes of airtime on our our weekly show. And it was called, so I was like, amazing. And it's called Studio One. And so they're like, what do you want to call the segment? And again, like, you know, she asked me the question. I was like, what am I going to say? Um, so I called it Fashion Thursdays. And I did it for five seasons. And it was such an incredible, I mean, there was no social media at that time. So you can imagine if there was social media, I would have been, um, you know, probably like huge. But back then it was just a matter of learning how to be on live TV and saying everything you need to say about beauty products, fashion products, um, events that were happening around the world, the film festivals. You had 15 minutes exactly to talk about that on, on live TV. So because five years of this or five seasons of this show prepared me to be in front of a camera, learn how to, you know, read a teleprompter, um, learning about timing, lighting, all of that really prepared me for what I do now because I do so many like presenting galas, events, store openings, um, moderating a lot of talks. I have my own talk show with Indigo Living. And so if I didn't have that experience 14 years ago, there's no way I would have the confidence to hold a conversation or do an interview or, you know, be on stage with all these people and not get nervous, you know? So I think everything you do is for a reason. And only later you find out that it's prepared you for something so much bigger and better. And it all happened by never saying no to opportunities, right? It seems that you've always been very open to explore new collaboration and new partnerships and so on. You know, I've been, yeah, I've been um, open to opportunities and I really do try and trust my gut. I think the gut is so important. So if there's something that I'm not feeling or, you know, I'm not gelling with, with the idea or concept, I've now learned to, to speak my mind and give my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think it all comes down to, um, to seeing opportunities, grabbing a hold of them, trying it out, doing your best, really giving it 110%. And at least, you know, you've tried, you can always walk away and say no, but at least you tried it. Well, thank you for saying yes to the opportunity of being our guest today. Thank you for trusting your gut when it came to Unlimited. That's for sure. I am so happy that um, you made time for me. I am excited to um, excited to see all the other stories as well. And um, it's great that you share you share so many incredible stories of women around the world. And it's wonderful to have you as a special guest at the beginning of this new season dedicated to women's brands, because we really believe that what makes a difference in the products that we choose and in the brands that we wear is the person behind the brand and this, their story, their personal story, the professional journey. So thank you again for joining us and for sharing your story. It really made a difference for us. And I think, you know, I, I think one of the biggest lessons for me and right from the start was really when I knew this business was starting and I opened it because I always thought I'd be in the corporate space, right? Like I never thought I'd have my own business. So when you have your own business, one of the first things you should do as a female business owner, actually just any, any business owner is know what your personal strengths are. So what are you as a business owner bringing to the table and to execute your business idea? What are the other, other positions or other gaps that you can't do? So if, you know, for me personally, I wasn't good at accounting or finances or, you know, my strong part is not 
uh, my strength is not writing, for example. So I made sure I hired someone who was a great writer for doing like the press releases for brands. And I hired a great finance guy to manage the accounting and an office manager to do the admin. So I could focus personally on building the relationships with the clients and the brands. Um, So I think that's one of the best things any female business owner, whether you're small or big can do is really just do a SWOT test, know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and then start building your team because you'll be a lot more efficient and a stronger team will help you bring out the vision. Very true. Not easy, but very true. And we might have to consider that for Unlimited as well. Otherwise, business owners get so or entrepreneurs get so overwhelmed that they want to do everything. And just because you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that you do everything. It's, you know, you need a team to really bring out your vision and to make it happen. So um, I hope that's the best advice I can really give any any young designer or brand. Thank you again, Rosmine, for sharing your precious advices, for sharing your vision. And thank you for so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and help us building a truly unlimited community. Thank you.